I think one of us should say Rad Strangest, then another should say International. You know what I'm saying? Well, come two, okay. Rad, Smith, <laughs> like, what do you... No, <laughs> one of us would say... Welcome to Camp Rad Strangeness. International. All you dudes and dudettes, welcome back to your favorite podcast, That Would Be Rad, the podcast that majors in 80s and 90s nostalgia, comic culture, all things paranormal, and minors in retro video games, tabletop RPGs, pre-internet mysteries, and raising our kids to be half as cool as we were back in the 80s. I'm your camp counselor, Tyler Bentz, and this is your other counselor, Woody Brown. Hey, pal. Hey, man. How's it going? Good, bro. How about you? I mean... Camp is well underway here, man. It sure is. And, I'm liking uh, where it's headed, too. Oh, yeah. You know, it's funny, man. And I kind of did a little something interesting this week because I just sort of said, hey, man, don't worry about it. I got this week's topic. Mm-hmm. And you probably... Mm-hmm. Now, listener, as you're listening to this, you already know what the topic is because you've seen the artwork yeah. uh, for the episode. But Tyler doesn't really know. Although... Dude, I got to say, you were the one that triggered my interest in finally covering this one. You're going to be like, oh, man, whenever I say this. But you actually mentioned this, if you can remember, way back when we recorded the episode that came out last uh, last week. Mm-hmm. You mentioned this to me, and I thought, oh, man, mm-hmm. we got to do it. So today, we're going to be talking about the Solway Firth yes. Spaceman. Yes, bro. I love this one. You know, it comes with like a famous picture that everybody's seen. In fact, mm-hmm. like, as I was thinking about this, immediately I remembered like, this is one of those cases that I think, if I'm remembering correctly, was in like every single paranormal or UFO related book at the book fair back when oh, we were yeah. kids. You yep. know, everyone's probably seen this picture before and it's extremely interesting. And so, I mean, truthfully, without further ado, I'd I'd like to just kind of dive straight into this. Dude, let's get into it. I love this story. This week, we're kind of staying in the, uh, we'll just call it like the Europe area okay. of the world. And in May 23rd, 1964, a gent named Jim Templeton took his wife and his five-year-old daughter, Elizabeth, to a place called Berg Marsh for a little afternoon, you know, walking, taking pictures, maybe a picnic and stuff. Now, for those of you unfamiliar with this area, Berg Marsh, or Berg by the Sands, is in the Solway Coast area on the sort of eastern coast of the UK, almost directly east from Sheffield. 
and mm-hmm. Nottingham and, and, you know, north of uh, Cambridge or Cambridge. Anyhow, it's a sort of beautiful area. It's actually where King Edward I of England died um, when he, uh, as he was kind of planning another battle against the Scots and stuff. Really kind of old school area, but, you know, a nice little coastal, English coastal area. So Jim Templeton and his wife and his five-year-old daughter, Elizabeth, were out and about and enjoying what appears to be a beautiful day. Mm-hmm. Jim, had ju- he's kind of an amateur photographer. He had just gotten a brand new Kodak SLR camera. Mm-hmm. Uh, his little daughter had apparently gotten a new little dress. And so, he, you know, he wanted to take some cool pictures uh, of her. And again, this happened kind of close to this place called the Solway Firth Estuary. And this is an area where he and his family had hiked up these grassy knolls before plenty of times. Kind of how they like to spend a sunny afternoon uh, on the weekends. And one of the things that they noticed, though, as they were kind of walking around and stuff, is that it seemed to be kind of a typical normal afternoon, except for the fact that the cows and sheep in the area that typically would sort of just be standing around in the fields um, were kind of all bunched together feeding on the far side of the marsh. And he said all the animals on that particular day were away on the other end of the marsh, all huddled together as though they'd been frightened. Templeton didn't really notice that there was anything kind of that would have stood out to him as the reasoning for this. But as they were kind of just enjoying the afternoon, he had his daughter Elizabeth pose on a grassy hillside and she was kind of grasping a bunch of freshly picked flowers. And he took three successive photos of Elizabeth. And then the family continued on their way unaware of what the camera had captured. Now, this is something that we kind of talked about last week when we were, when we were discussing uh, Ed Walters' Polaroid and kind of old school cameras and how they work. You know, this is far before the day of just basically having an HD camera in your, in your pocket and being able to just see your picture. And, you know, nowadays, I'm sure you're like this, or at least your wife is like this, Tyler, and I know that, I mean, everybody that I know, you take a picture with a group and they're like, let me look at it real quick. Like whenever we go on a double date, we take a picture of all of us. And then the first thing that we do isn't just like, okay, we'll see you guys later. Is We all look at that picture to make sure it's cool or yeah, whatever. Right. Mm-hmm. Everybody does that now. Well, back in the day, you couldn't do that. So he snapped away a couple of pictures, didn't think twice about it, kind of finished their day and had a you know wonderful time together as a family. Well, a few days later, when he went and retrieved his pictures back from the uh, the developer, back then they called him the chemist, especially in England, you know, he was kind of mad because it looked like, although he was unaware of it at the time, somebody that he referred to as some idiot had ruined what mm-hmm. he thought was an awesome picture of his daughter. Yeah. And as he kind of like looked at this picture a little bit closer, he was like, the heck is this? What he saw was the image of what appeared to be a tall humanoid figure wearing a spacesuit jutting out at an odd angle from behind his daughter's head. 
kind of facing the other... Well, I don't know if it's kind of facing the other direction. I think it is, yeah. Okay. Templeton was kind of, I mean, confused, as we all would be, because he was like, I don't remember there being anyone else out there aside from us. And it's not like one of those, like, 1800s cameras where he's like, okay, I got to go underneath this cape to take a picture. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, right. He's he's looking through a normal camera. Yeah, like the big, like, finders. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Hey, uh, wife, can you go ahead and powder up this flash? (laughs) Okay. It's not like that, right? He's got the normal viewfinder, and sure, there could be something outside of that viewfinder sort of area as he's looking through it, but they would have noticed if somebody else was close by, and he distinctly remembers there being no one around. Even kind of more curious to him was the fact that, so not only was it just confusing to him because he didn't remember seeing anyone as they walked around, but also this spaceman only showed up in those three consecutive photos. And none of the other ones. Mm-hmm. And in fact, in those three consecutive photos, he was only in the sort of middle photo. So like, in other words, he took three photos. The spaceman appears in photo number two, but mm-hmm. not in photo number one or three. Yeah. So just kind of perplexed at this point, Templeton basically reported this case to the police. Well, real, real, sorry, real quick, just to add also that there was nobody there. I think he said that the, the only people that were even remotely there were two older ladies like sitting in their car in Mm -hmm. the, like the parking lot when they pulled up. Right. Yeah. And like, like I said, and I'm, you know, Tyler last year went to um, Yellowstone Mm -hmm. and all these national parks and stuff. And you know, we live in a day and age now where it's kind of hard to imagine walking around some of these beautiful areas and not just being surrounded by people. But, you know, there have been times when, for example, I've gone camping with my son or something, and you'll go a whole, whole day without seeing somebody. And the moment that you do, it kind of stands out, you know? Mm-hmm. Right. And, the, like, it wouldn't be a situation where he just, oh, well, I forgot that someone was standing on this hill with us. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. So anyways, he ends up reporting this case to the police, which that's an interesting decision. But still, I think that's how sort of amazed uh, that he was about this. And he sends the picture to Kodak, where they actually just exhaustively examined this picture for any kind of uh, signs of faulty film stock and tampering or, you know, if it was, what am I looking for here? Or whether uh, or not it was like, a hoax. Yeah, know? right, right. Sort of like man, like photo manipulation. Yeah, they were trying to figure it out, like, what's going on here? And ultimately, I think it sounds like Templeton was just pissed off because he thought he took, like, an outstanding picture of his daughter. Back then, Photoshop didn't exist. It's not like he could Photoshop or erase that strange spaceman in the picture from the photo. After all of this investigation, Kodak announced that the photo was, in fact, genuine. See, the police made the first assumption that it was just a case of double exposure, you know, one of the negatives being printed on top of the other during the processing. Mm -hmm. So a lot of folks believe, and when when you're looking at this picture, and of course we're going to provide this picture on our Instagram and all of that, and patrons will probably get it the day before, 
a lot of folks, as they're looking at it, believe that the faceplate of this being is visible above the young girl's head. And so when you're looking at this, I want you to, you know, pull it up and look at this. It seems that there's even sort of like an elbow bend, but that it's kind of pointed as if the way that this elbow looks is it doesn't look like you're looking at someone facing you. It looks like right. anatomically mm-hmm. you're looking at the back of this being. Yeah. And um, it almost looks like they're sort of looking off in the distance. Right. Kind of. Which oh. I, I... Well, go ahead. I was going to say something that's interesting, and this is the first time that I've sort of read anything like this before. Whereas when we talked about the Gulf Breeze UFOs a couple of weeks ago, this this didn't occur. You know, we, one of the things that I had a little bit of beef with was potentially like maybe this guy made up this story. He figured out this really cool method of, of being able to do this, and then he creates a book and he's making money off of it, okay? This specific story today is so different. In contrast, the Kodak executives were so kind of blown away by this dilemma that they actually offered a reward of yeah. free film for a year, which, you know, hey, look, it's not a million dollars, but free film for a year to any person that could solve the mystery as to how this quote-unquote spaceman got into the picture. Yeah. You know, back then, 1964, film probably wasn't very cheap. Mm-hmm. And also, it's just kind of a neat reward. You know, you feel like if this was, if there were other photographers out there that could figure out how this was hoaxed, that they would pretty quickly come up with some theories and stuff. To this day, the reward remains unclaimed. Yeah. And also, I also read that for like free film for a year, but I also read in several other places that all sort of corroborated this, that it was free film for life. So I like that. Yeah I, don't, yeah. I don't know which one's correct. I mean, they're both pretty awesome, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. especially, especially imagine like, you know, an amateur photographer being like, oh man, I'm totally going to jump on this. And, right. you know, you kind of wonder like how many people, you know, may have tried to debunk it or whatever. Yeah. Well, I mean, let's kind of put it into some more modern terms. What if someone was like, hey, we'll give you a brand new iPhone every single time a new one is released. Right. If you can prove that this is a hoax and show us how. Yeah. Dude, I'd I'd pop in there with some theories. Mm-hmm. For sure. So it wasn't too long actually before this picture made its way across the worldwide press. It was published in newspapers all around the world. And Templeton kind of described the event to the press like this. He says, As an amateur photographer on a day trip with my family, I took the photograph on Berg Marsh on May 23rd, 1964. I took three pictures of my daughter Elizabeth in a similar pose and was shocked when the middle picture came back from Kodak displaying what looks like a spaceman in the background. Yeah. So, initially, this to me has always been like a story where there's an interesting photo of a girl, there's a strange spaceman in the background. That's about all I knew about it. Mm-hmm. But every there's like multiple layers of this thing, and it, and it continues to kind of get stranger and radder and radder and stranger, I mean. Mm-hmm. So here's something that's interesting about that region. Where this photo was taken has actually been a breeding ground for UFO activity yeah. for a long time. Many of the locals there at Bergmarsh believe that this was due to a nuclear power plant that resided nearby. 
we've kind of talked before about connections to nuclear power plants. You know, the Blackbird of Chernobyl. Hear more about this rad strangeness on That Would Be Rad, Season 2, Episode 42. This is not a Mothman episode. We've talked about, I think in the past, where there have been almost like a concentration mm-hmm. of UFO sightings in and around nuclear power plants. Yeah. I mean, and this is a little different, but like even Moth, Mothman, Mothman, Mothman. <laughs> even Mothman was around like a, like a TNT factory. So, right. And, th- and there were a lot of sort of UFO sightings around there too. And some of our theories about that kind of come back to one of my favorite things, which is, you know, time travel and stuff like that. Or are these beings sort of studying and witnessing like our potential methods of destruction and kind of that kind of right, thing, right? Right, Which a lot of people think that, uh, I mean, we're definitely doing an, uh, an episode on this, but like a lot of people do believe that there's, there was correlation between like the Roswell incident mm. and then it being, you know, White Sands proving ground being right mm. up the road where they tested the first big bombs. Mm. So, yeah. Templeton kind of told reporters that he had heard reports of the UFOs before, but had never seen any over Berg Marsh and certainly hadn't seen anything uh, on this day in question here. Just when it seemed like Templeton's life couldn't get any weirder. After these messages, we'll be right back. Pretty cool place. If you're a Martian. Or a vampire. You think you really know what's happening around here, don't you? We're fighters for truth, justice, and the American way. Hey, this is Woody. And this is Tyler. And you're listening to That Would Be Rad. And now, back to our show. So just when it seemed as if Templeton's life couldn't get any crazier, he was visited. And again, man, I had no idea about this stuff. And so as I was uncovering every single one of these little details, I was like, oh, man, oh, man. He was visited at work a few weeks after the picture hit the international press by what could only be described as men in black. Yep. Now, again, if this is... Oh, it's well, awesome. I, I didn't want to sound... That sounded a little bit uh, like I was uh, talking down somebody. Now, again, if you're new to these types of discussions and, you know, you're... You only know... When, when I say the words men in black, you're thinking of Tommy Lee Jones and Will Smith. Yeah. That's kind of like a Disney-fied version of men in black, right? So men in black are potentially... Um, what would you say, Tyler? What's a great explanation of Men in Black? So Men in Black were, they were kind of like these characters that were kind of known for sort of showing up around these sort of UFO flaps. A lot of people believe that there's, that some of these accounts at least can be sort of attributed to this uh, special division that's like part of the Air Force. And I think a couple guys have, have kind of come out and sort of admitted that through the years that, you know, they say, hey, you know, we were sort of part of this division that nobody talked about, nobody knew about. And 
basically our jobs were to show up and, you know, kind of shut down the rumor mill. You know, when people were seeing UFOs in an area, there's, it's kind of weird. I'm kind of 50-50 on that. I mean, I think there could be a possibility that maybe that's some of them, you know, but even that it's weird because it's like, okay, well then like, what, what was the purpose of that? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like why the, you know, huge amount of like intimidation factor, like why was that needed? Uh, but then the other sort of idea is that they're, you know, possibly they're uh, also of extraterrestrial origin mm. and because they, a lot of these sort of cases and accounts and, and we'll do at least one, two, three episodes probably on this uh, because they're fascinating. There's also yeah. women in black. I don't know if you knew this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's really cool. But like there's some bizarre accounts where they'll like show up and like, you know, and this, these go back to like the 50s and 60s and stuff specifically. That's where you really start. That's where you, that's sort of the golden age of of the men in black. But like, you know, they'll be offered jello, you know, on one account and like they didn't, they didn't know how to eat it. Or like they'll show up and like it's clear that like they have no lips, but they've like painted lipstick on to look like they have lips. And like Oof. just really Scary bizarre stuff kind of like that. Yeah, it's super like high strangeness kind of it just doesn't make any sense, you know. So Yeah. So that's and about it. They they kind of talk about it a little bit in the Meadow Project, which is uh this book um by Trey Hudson, and he talks about kind of explore, explorations into the South's Skinwalker Ranch. Mm. And there's mm-hmm. this incredible account of a woman in black type character that just comes out of nowhere in these woods. Now imagine just being out in the woods, I mean deep into the woods, and you're there to kind of investigate certain things, whatever. Yeah. And out of nowhere, this woman in like a black business suit yeah. comes with, uh, complete with high heels and everything, just comes stomping out of the uh, tree line. That's pretty weird. Guys and, yeah, oh, yeah. And they said that she was acting super bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Just weird stuff like that. So anyhow, mm-hmm. he gets a visit from these folks. Wait, real quick, and I don't mean to go off on a tangent here. I'm not driving away from the dock just yet, but have you seen that? There is one video, I think it was in like around like Niagara Falls, maybe, this hotel. Have you seen that footage? Mm-mm. So apparently this, the hotel maybe the hotel manager or the like supervisor or something, he was out one day and apparently like he had seen, he had seen a UFO like the day before or a couple days before or something. Mm-hmm. Well, he happened to be out that day and these two men in black trench coats, both had glasses wearing them inside. Both were just completely bald. They came in and they were like walking around to like different people in the hotel asking for this guy. But, you know, he was out. And so he's like, I, I don't know. So then he came back and everybody was like, hey, these two weird guys were, were looking for you. And he's yeah. like, I don't know what you're talking about. So he pulled the footage and, I mean, you can see him. So, you know, maybe it was a hoax. But as far as we know, like that's like the um, uh, sort of the only sort of uh, video footage that we have. Wow. On. Yeah, it's awesome. And if you hit play on on your computer and you watch that video, then you know expect your doorbell to ring momentarily. Oh, yeah, for sure. So this guy Templeton, who by the way was a, I think he was like a fireman actually. Yeah, he is a fireman. Yep. And uh, one day while he's at the firehouse that he worked at, this black or this dark Jaguar car pulls mm. up, 
two men wearing dark suits come out of it. Mm -hmm. And these strange men refer to each other by numbers instead of names, which is kind of interesting, and claim to be agents of, quote, Her Majesty's government. Also, the numbers, ironically enough, were number nine and number 11. Mm. Mm -hmm. The mysterious men asked Templeton to take them to the site where the photo was taken. During the five-mile drive to the location, Templeton was bombarded by a series of just bizarre questions pertaining to the weather and the behavior of the birds and any other animals that day that he took the photo. When they arrived at the scene, the men in black attempted to force Templeton to confess that he had photographed nothing more than an ordinary man. This is kind of going into what you were talking about, that strange sort of like uh, yeah. intimidation. Like, why? Okay. And, and they're, they're kind of known for being like really like harsh, which, which kind of lends itself to, okay, maybe it is the, the Air Force Division, you know, mm-hmm. utilizing like intense, like, you know, mm-hmm. uh, what am I trying to say here? Um, intimidation. Like intimidation. Yeah. Yeah. Um, or to, the, like or, shut somebody down before they yeah, spread the... Yeah. Or, or the other, you know, maybe it is... Maybe they are some kind of weird beings and like they sort of say that maybe it's less about intimidation and more about like just a total lack of like social, Mm -hmm. sort of social skills, you know. Hmm. That's interesting too, yeah. Mm -hmm. So, uh, let's see. So there they are. They're trying to force them to just confess, uh, you know, hey, tell us that this was just a normal looking ordinary man. Well, Templeton refused to make such an admission. And so then the men became really, really angry. They stormed off. And then they freaking got in their car and drove off and left this guy five miles away from work. Yeah. <laughs> I mean... That, that's pretty That's pretty nuts. Yeah. There, there's also something that I think is worth adding is that apparently his original intention was never to, like, make this a big deal. Apparently he thought it was going to be kind of he was going to get some sort of answer or something when he went to the police originally when he saw the photo. And they just kind of laughed it off and and were like, okay, whatever. And then he contacted Kodak, and then it Mm -hmm. sort of, you know, sort of blew up from there. Yeah. Yeah. Now, one thing that's interesting, one of the questions that uh, Templeton kind of said that these folks, these men in black, asked him was, where did you see the second spaceman. Oh, that's the best part of the whole story. Now, Templeton actually had never reported seeing a second one. Yeah. Uh, As he, just like everything else, tried to explain this to the men in black, then they they became visually aggressive. Mm Mm-hmm. And then I think, you know, he wouldn't, he, he... wouldn't admit to to just being a normal person and all this, and then they just freaking left him there. Mm-hmm. Here's something else that's interesting, man. So a second roll of film that Templeton sent to Kodak for processing months later was returned with some of the negatives mysteriously missing. Hmm. Templeton thinks, you know, his theory essentially, and the only one that he could come up with was, well, kind of sounds like they were potentially confiscated by government agents because of because the film may have revealed something secret. Wait, I haven't heard anything about this. What it, What is this? Yeah. So basically, he gets another roll of film processed. When he gets it back, he knows. And was, that, was this from like the same day or like? No, no, no. 
it was just another roll of film that he sent to to, uh, to Kodak. Now, again, kind of to remind people how the different stages of film development, I mean, you know, you had to kind of send it off, I think, mm-hmm. in the early days. By the mm-hmm. time we were in the 80s and the 90s, then there were like places that would process it a lot more. There were a lot more of those types of places. Yeah. So he sent the film to Kodak. Nothing wrong with it or anything, but whenever he gets it back, he notices that some of the negatives are missing. And the only thing that he could come up with you know, to justify such a thing was that, oh, okay, maybe he accidentally took some pictures of something. Because, again, they would kind of frequent this area on the weekends. It was sort of like they're just chill-out spot, you know? Hmm. Yeah. They couldn't just, you know, hop down on the couch and watch Netflix or whatever. This is 1964. Yeah. And so, you know, back when people would actually go outside and do things together. But just, again, I'm going to keep on saying this today. This story begins to take another strange Mm -hmm. turn yeah so the editor of a cumberland newspaper requested to borrow the negative of the photo in order to send a copy to another newspaper now i know i told you we were going to stay in europe folks but it looks like today we're also going to head down way south in the land of oz because this Mm -hmm. editor wanted to send a copy of this negative to a newspaper in australia apparently these folks in australia were dealing with their own potentially extraterrestrial phenomenon and believed that there might be some sort of connection. According to eyewitness reports, on the exact same day that Templeton took his picture, a rocket launch countdown was aborted at a rocket test facility, and I'm going to butcher this name, in Woomera, Australia. Mm-hmm. Now... On the surface, that doesn't sound too exciting. And you're like, well, maybe it's just a coincidence. But listen to why it was halted. Do you know this? Uh, I think so, but I don't okay. want to give it away. Okay. So, and this is, this is, the, this is the part that, like, so again, not to just keep on repeating myself. I had no idea. I thought it was just a picture. There was something mm-hmm. weird in it. Oh, yeah. cool story. There's a spaceman. Strange. And then we've got Men in Black. Then we've got missing uh, negatives. Now we have this rocket launch in Australia on the exact same day that gets halted because why? Two automatic survey cameras caught a pair of large, unidentified humanoid figures wearing what appeared to be white spacesuits walking around the launch pad. Yeah. Now... It's, I got I to gotta throw in a note right here that at the time of the launch, when they aborted this thing, the Templeton photo had not reached Australia. You know, again, mm-hmm. this is not the days when CNN and Fox News and everybody had just global access here. They had no idea about this. The crew had no knowledge of this image. So essentially, they looked at these monitors, the, the folks at the rocket launch, and then someone or two of these figures were in this like area where the the actual ignited rockets would be just burning. And so they yeah. just shut it down. Like, oh man, somebody's down there. Whoops, whoops, whoops. They go down there to say, hey, you know, I bet somebody's ready to get just dressed down. <laughs> oh know, yeah. Quickly, right? They go down there. Nobody's there. No one was ever found. Not a single soul. Hmm. Hmm. Similar it was kind of to uh, to our friend. What friend? 
how he had one single picture. So they just kind of like ended up, I think it was documented within that, in the paperwork that day, that it was just like a technical yep, several, mistake or, you know, oh, you know, maybe the monitors picked up something. Like several of the men that were in the, I mean, I don't, I don't think flight tower is the right word, but that sort of gives you the visual, I would yeah, imagine. Flight tower. You know control, what I mean. Control tower. Yeah, control tower. There you go. Yeah. Mission control. Yeah, mission control. Somewhere we're gonna at some point we're gonna realize what the correct term is. Listeners already have. Clay is throwing his phone across the room, I imagine, by now. <laughs> well, probably probably Matt too, because he mispronounced uh the place in Australia. Woogamaru. What is it called? Oh, Woomira. <laughs> yep. Wait, uh, did you say Willabaru? I said Woogamaru. Woogamaru. Mm-hmm. That was nice. closer. All right. Yeah. So again, Nobody's found there, but by description, it was the exact same type of man, same, uh, let's say, clothing, Mm -hmm. same figure, same size as the picture that was taken over in Berg Marsh. And so when this reporter sent it over to this Australian reporter, they just go berserk. So this aborted launch was actually part of this huge space project known as and I don't know why they keep doing this here with these titles, Blue Streak. Yeah. And reporters soon discovered that the rocket to be used in the launch, oh my God, this is so crazy, dude, was manufactured in England Mm -hmm. in an area that was just a few miles from the Berg Marsh. Mm -hmm. That's that's such weird synchronicity. Oh man, dude. I mean, it's just insane. So when Australian reporters asked to view the security camera footage taken at Umera on May 23rd, they were informed that out of all the canisters of film taken during the entire Blue mm-hmm. Streak project, the only canister that was missing there was the one containing the requested footage. Mm-hmm. Something important to note real quick. The Umera facility has also been the site of numerous UFO sightings and at least one more aborted launch due to what was described as a white being that was spotted on security cameras. Man. I I feel like I remember, I, I mean, I haven't looked it up, but I, I feel like I remember, which is part of the reason that I did bring this up during the Michelin Man mm-hmm. episode, but I, I feel like in one of the reports, one of the men mentioned that it was like, that you know when they saw the two men when they shut down the launch, mm-hmm. that it was like they were in like puffy spacesuits. Mm-hmm. Am I yeah. like imagining? Yeah, no, no, no. That? I mean, I think that is kind of what it alludes to in this article, and, and it's basically saying like even when you're looking at the picture of Elizabeth Templeton mm-hmm. with the spaceman kind of behind her in the background, mm-hmm. it looks to be kind of like that old '80s sort of, or maybe even like early '60s. Not necessarily, well, a little bit of our NASA kind of vibe, but more like, almost like cosmonaut, really. You know, like the real more form-fitting, yeah, less puffy, like 80s spacesuits. You know, a little bit more like fitted and tailored. Yeah, yeah. Just straight 60s style, you know. One thing that I think is so funny is that like, and I mean, I don't know. I naturally have a, I don't know, sort of an aversion to like, people that are just like full on like immediate debunkers but 
I do find it pretty funny that like all these debunkers like immediately just came up with this this uh, sort of reasoning that like oh it's clearly a beekeeper suit. <laughs> it's like <laughs> out of all the things you could come up with, like and out of all the things you might just cross paths with yeah. on a coastal breezy day, mm-hmm. going for a picnic, is that old that old beekeeper? Yeah, who, just a beekeeper. He's just looking for a place to. Grab a lunch, you know. <laughs> he's got his peanut butter and he's got his bread, his peanut butter, and he's just got a little bit of honey. So dumb. Maybe a couple bananas too. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's just like, I don't have time to take the suit off. And, nah, I'll just sit right. I'll just stand right here and eat it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay. One last kind of connection here. And then we'll kind of talk about some of the debunking things and then also what we think is going on. So less than three weeks later after... We'll just say around, you know, mid-June, okay? Well, let me just say this. Eventually, the Blue Streak rocket was actually successfully launched on the 5th of June in 1964. A few weeks later, off the coast of California in Big Sur, Hmm. another alien form was captured by a U.S. Air Force team filming an Atlas rocket. Both the Atlas and the Blue Streak were ICBMs. ICBM stands for Intercontinental Ballistic Missile. Mm. Oftentimes, you know, growing up in the 80s, you hear about them all the time because those are like the missile rockets that you would attach a warhead to. Mm -hmm. The commanding officer of this mission in Big Sur, California, captured footage of what what appears to be an alien ship beaming light at the tip of the rocket warhead twice. I love it. When the footage was developed, guess who came to visit? Men in Black, baby. Men in Blacks Mm -hmm. came there to question him. Yeah. Which, honestly, to me, I... So, while I I don't totally understand, like, the the Men in Black concept, just just in general. Like, there's so many sort of conflicting ideas, and, well, maybe it's this, maybe it's this. But I, I will say this. I will say that while I don't necessarily fully believe that like they were all especially uh the division of the air force i can see the i can see those guys actually sort of being used against like other military officials like to me that makes more mm-hmm. sense than like coming out and just intimidating random civilians yeah you know what i mean i think it all makes sense to me dude especially if there's some sort of cover but we're gonna get there in just a second mm-hmm. We will return after these messages. Hey, this is Bryce Johnson from the Bigfoot Collectors Club, and you're listening to Tyler and Woody on That Would Be Rad, because that is rad. Essentially, I mean, it's kind of time for that, actually. Like, that pretty well wraps up the mystery for so many years, for so Mm -hmm. long. I mean, we're talking about this happened in 1964. Yeah. People have wondered about this. This is one of those, again, as soon as you see the picture, I'm certain you've seen this before. Mm -hmm. 
there have been people that have come out, tried to prove it. There is another picture that exists from that same day that shows Mrs. Templeton kind of leaning over, kind of while the daughter is picking flowers, that kind of thing, Mm -hmm. a different angle. There have been some debunkers that have said, you know, look, it looks like if you kind of adjust the contrast of the original photo, you can kind of tell that it's the mom in the background, you mm-hmm. know, suggesting that, I mean, I don't know. I, 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 I don't see it. I mean, I'm zooming in like a son of a gun on this video. And oh, I don't know. It's tough, man, because. Do you, boy, do you, are you seeing the mom you're saying? Uh, no, no, no. Uh-uh. No, it yeah. just looks, I mean, honestly, if I, if I was going to say, well, it's not a space map. First off, this do, this picture, and sure, it could be some sort of lighting thing, but it looks like, at the very least, this has got to yeah. be a man's back. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, to, his arms, like, look a thousand times. Yeah. I, I think I think it's ridiculous. One thing that I that I also think is worth mentioning is I know that like in a couple places I remember it being like them sort of saying, "Well, in his original report, he never mentioned that his wife was there, right?" Mm-hmm. But one thing that I think kind of I don't know if it lends credibility per se, but I will say like even in the picture that it shows uh, the wife it almost looks like she's like leaning forward to get out of frame. Mm-hmm. And you know what I'm you saying? See, like when you're looking at this picture, again, we're going to share this one as well. Mm-hmm. Her arms are teeny tiny, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, 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 not only are they teeny tiny, but it looks like it looks like she's like, I mean, you know, most, most moms, especially back in the old days, they would, you know, you'd pull out the giant camcorder and like they'd be like, no, 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 don't take a picture. And they would cover up their face and stuff. So to me, like, that's what that picture kind of yeah. looks like. Yeah. And that would make sense to me. I mean, I can totally see a wife saying, you know, if him, him being like, well, I went to the police and nothing happened. And I went to, uh, you know, uh, Kodak and, and you know, now they're kind of making a big deal out of it. Like I could see her just being like, okay, just like don't mention my name. It was just yeah. you and Elizabeth and then that was it. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I, I mean, to me, in that same photo, it looks like the mom's kind of been over to to kind of maybe pick some more flowers or something Could like be. that. Yeah. In any case, it doesn't look, you know, it kind of looks like uh, a mix between like maybe a spaceman or maybe a futuristic police uniform. I mean, mm-hmm. that's what I meant that to me, one of the reasons why it's so fascinating is because it's more than just this picture. You know, this whole story is so much more than just this picture, even if this picture was a complete hoax. Some of the things that kind of even debunk that are like the strange coincidence of simultaneously on the same exact day down in Australia, Mm -hmm. there are two of these sort of white spacemen, you know, walking around this rocket, disrupting it. And then the fact that it, the rocket itself was manufactured only a few miles away from where this picture was taken. You know, to me, see, that's I'm weird. ready to get into my theories here. And okay. guys, it's not going to be, if you, if there's ever a game show that you're on mm-hmm. and, you know, one of the questions is what would, what is Woody going to guess or what's his theory going to be? Oh, yeah. The answer, of course, would be time, time travel. travel. 
right? Mm -hmm. Like so much of these events and these encounters and anything that has to do with these sort of beings and stuff, like, I don't know, man. It just seems, and even Men in Black in a way, man. I I was Mm going to save that for whenever we talk about them. In a way, and we have talked about this, I know for sure, on the show before. To me, making yourself relatively bland in clothing and stuff, I think can, like, the purpose before that, I mean, the purpose for that is to kind of, quote unquote, blend in. And there's a timeless element to the Men in Black uniform. But at the same time, it has that, unintended consequence, I think, which is it kind of makes you stand out in a way. And I Mm -hmm. think maybe this time traveler, and I always like to think of time travel as certainly not like a perfected, um, uh, like they they haven't quite perfected it yet. Yeah. Whenever we're seeing these moments, you know what I mean? They're still flying by the seat of their pants a little bit. Right. They don't know what's going to happen. They don't know exactly where they're going to end up. And maybe it's not Mm -hmm. just time travel. Maybe it's interdimensional travel. Right. And that kind of makes almost a little bit more sense to me whenever there's a uniform like this involved, because then it's like, okay, we got to have something that's going to protect you from potential elements or Mm -hmm. um, maybe differences in atmosphere and yeah. whether or not, you know, like, you know, I mean, there are atmospheric things in other planets and stuff that would essentially just like burn your skin. Oh, yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like gases mm-hmm. in the air. That kind of makes a little bit more sense than, oh, I'm going to go back in time here, throw this white suit on, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. Um, Although if I were looking at like the, not necessarily like the spaceman, but like if I were looking at the men in black, it, you know, uh, behind the filter of like a, a time travel. To me, that seems like I could see that, but it seems a lot more like perfected. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It's like very, it would be like a lot more streamlined, almost like, well, there's good guys and there's bad guys and they're both time travelers and, you know, that kind of thing. But I, for me, like, it, it's funny and it goes back to that sort of age old, um, kind of that thing that we we see in so many of these stories where there, there's it's almost just like that cosmic um like protocol of like we're never quite able to 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 see all the evidence we're never mm-hmm. quite you know like the the Patterson Gimlin film like that has disappeared through the years like nobody can find the actual footage uh much like him uh you know uh the film disappeared like there's always these like little it's like man we we're we're so close we have like this Mm -hmm. thing but like oh well then this you know this roll of film from this rocket launch magically is yeah it's just vanished and i'll put this oh i'm sorry go ahead well no i I was just gonna say i like to me that feels very like almost like simulation theory or sort of like cosmic trickster if you want to get super sort of esoteric but um but I don't know, man. It, it is weird. I mean, and it, yeah. but it could, it could. I mean, it could fall under time travel. Yeah, because well. I mean, like, if you think about it. Well, first, I was going to say, let me put my skeptics hat hat on for a second, mm-hmm. and it's a goofy looking hat, you know. Sorry, yeah. skeptic. Um, I'm just kidding. But like, let me put that skeptic hat on for a sec, and I would say that for someone that just thinks all of these things are hoaxes. I think it'd be pretty easy to say, well, like, boy, isn't that convenient? Of course it yeah, goes missing. Right. You know what right. I mean? Mm-hmm. So that sucks. Yeah. But to your point about the men in black also being 
it's almost like they're the uh, what do they call them, dude? Uh, like the like the um, not the fixer, but the like the they you, come in and just like clean up the scene. Oh, um, almost like an eraser, almost like a yeah. Um, what am I thinking of? Like man? the adjustment bureau type. I mean, never heard Phillip, of it. <laughs> yeah, you have that Matt I'm Damon kidding. movie. Yeah, I never watched. It. Which, by the way, is based off of a Philip K. Dick. I think short that's right. That's right. Story yeah. maybe. I think um, we've talked about that. But yeah, somebody that's going to come in and just go after the evidence. Yeah. You know, so that they can yep. erase, even if it's like at the corporate level. I mean, you know, whatever, to erase the trace that mm-hmm. they've been there. Yeah. I don't know. It's just it's just bizarre, you know. I mean, I think they're, that's what pisses me off the most, I think, about hoaxers, man, is because mm-hmm. they kind of take the attention away from the potential real stuff that's happening all around us. And I remember one time you said something to me. I don't know if it was on the show or not, but it was pretty, like, I thought, man, that's true. I never really thought about it this way. And it's kind of like almost a way to uh, turn the attention away from what's really going on and to kind of make it, you know, if they're if they put out, if this was like a campaign mm-hmm. to have all these hoaxes, not this one in particular, not the case we're talking about today. I'm just saying in general, all these hoaxers to kind of come out then it kind of discredits the other ones too, the real ones, right? Right. And yeah. so like it would be kind of an easy way to sort of, oh, well, all that stuff's kind of, that stuff's made up, you know? Yeah. And, and well, then well, the real dangerous stuff can live amongst these hoaxer stories. And, yeah, but uh, I mean, that's that's a big thing that like, there's a documentary called Mirage Men that came out years ago. It used to be on Netflix, but I don't, for some reason I don't think it is, but. I mean, it's a full-on deal where, like, I mean, the military, the CIA, they've used, like, disinformation agents for years and years, Mm -hmm. like, at least going back to, like, you know, 50s and 60s we know of. So, like, that is kind of part of it is to kind of, like, I mean, if you think of it in more of, like, a mundane sort of viewpoint, like, you know, take out the time travel and the simulation theory, it's like... Okay, well let's let's have these guys like come out and claim like I saw this thing too and, and you know they'll throw out this story that's just so over the top and silly and then it sort of muddies the water and and it makes your average person exactly what you said just be like ah it's it's all fake. Mm. They're just all these people are just trying to get attention. Man, you know. Yeah. I mean it's pretty smart really. Yeah. So, dude, this just in, man. It it appears while we've been recording this episode, that they actually have some audio of a real extra extraterrestrial. I can't even say it. It's so a real audio of an extraterrestrial speaking. Listen, listen to this. Journey is usually the part that you remember, anyways. <laughs> oh, I love it. Oh, dude, oh man, I didn't know my, where you were going I, with that. I know. <laughs> I just had to, man. It's like one of my favorite memes of all time. And, you know, we I, have I, a true, like, connection uh, <laughs> with Miley Cyrus, and so I feel bad for her. But yeah. also funny as... Uh, and then it's like the kid from, like, that one was like a dog just going... Yeah. yeah There's yeah, just right. nothing that gets me uh, more. I'm looking... Did you get my message? At these um, men in black characters in Niagara wow. Falls. And, uh, yeah... This was uh, 
2008, the 14th of October, 2000, yep. or I'm sorry, the 8th of October, 2014, maybe? I can't tell, really. No, um, oh, wait, I would say, because then it says 22.30, so I'm thinking that means, you know, 11.30 at night. It looks pretty light outside. Yeah, it was in the afternoon. Huh. Okay. Um, yeah, and by the way, for all your listeners, we're talking, I just sent Woody a picture of the, uh, those men in black, the footage, the video footage, it's like a still of the video mm. footage of, of them coming in that hotel from that, that story that I, I told earlier about up in Niagara Falls. Yeah. It's pretty weird. And, you know, let's not forget too, like, you know, G-men and all that stuff. It was pretty yeah. common for them to wear those plain suits. And so, you yeah, know, but, but the see, characters, you know, what, I, what I'm saying is this is going to support your overall thing here. So just calm down before you start okay. arguing with me, pal. Okay. <laughs> before you start debunking me. Uh, what I'm trying to say is that's actually, if you were going to time travel to the mm-hmm. 60s, that would be a pretty smart thing to do is to just wear oh, a yeah. plain black suit. Yeah. You know, you can kind of blend in. Now, nowadays it's a little less common because mm-hmm. you've got entrepreneurs that just wear T-shirts and sneakers. Yeah, right. Uh, and so you're going to stick out kind of like a sore thumb. But mm-hmm. it's an interesting thing to think about, man. What are they wearing now? You know, isn't there is... I would say if I was going to still apply that same sort of information pressure or information gathering, I would do it in a way that was far less like noticeable. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Well, I think to me, I mean, especially like looking at this picture, I mean, the one thing that stands out to me before I even get into what else I was going to say is like, look how sort of unnaturally like like blocky their suits look. They almost mm-hmm. look like Dick Tracy villains. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, see how wide the shoulders yeah, are? that's weird. But to me, what I was going to say is like, why all these men in black cases, like almost every single time, like they're inside, they never take their sunglasses off. Mm. And then like, to me, the giveaway, especially nowadays, like I think in the 60s, like you were saying, 50s, 60s, this would have been right at home. But nowadays, like the fedora, mm-hmm. Like I wear a, a like a fedora sometimes, but it's more of sort of a like rock and roll. Way thing. more hipster is word you're hipster. For. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I have like an organic uh, farm to table barbecue recipe that I want to sell. Yeah, right, right, anybody's right. interested. But it's like it just seems like the it just seems like overkill. But I think I don't know. I, I think again, I think it comes from that same like lack of like social cues or like social skills that like maybe like to them they're thinking oh this is like this is what's expected mm-hmm. but you know what i'm saying is that yeah weird, dude, like, it's what you were talking about earlier that i think we should emphasize here which is not just like oh they don't really have they just have makeup in strange places i like shaved eyebrows but with like painted on yeah things. yeah like, there's mm-hmm. always that, like, weird, mm-hmm. hey, I almost got it all, but there's something weird. You know, yeah, like, right. hey, there's a person standing there, and I think you've mentioned something like this before, where they're dressed perfectly, and then you look down, and instead of shoes, they were making yeah. the sound walking on sidewalk or whatever, it's mm-hmm. hooves. And you're like, what? Yeah. You know what yep. I mean? Or, like, it's that sort of imposter. Everything's normal. Everything's normal. And the guy's got, like, balloons for hands. And you're like, uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Time well, to get the hell out of here. Well, one thing that's weird, and, I mean, I'm sorry to turn this into a Men in Black episode, but I promise you, here's what we should totally try to get. I don't think you're probably not going to the Men in Black on, on the show. <laughs> we need to get the, if If you guys are listening to the show, 
all you men in black. We'd oh, love no, to no, have no. you. Don't start. Don't let's. I should. We'd love to have you. Okay, let's have them. No, no, no. But there's a a writer who's probably one of the most prolific writers of all time. Like just in this conversation, he's he's finished two books. It's a guy by the name of Nick Redfern. And he's written a ton about the men in black, the women in black. He has like a book just on like women in black encounters. And uh, man, I would love to try to get him on. Uh, he's a British guy. He's awesome. But anyway, all that to say is like there's also these stories of, and again, this these are, this is like date, dates back to like the 60s where they they would show up and a lot of people would notice that like, you know, after you know, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes, it was almost like they could they could physically see them like, it was almost like they were running out of battery. Oh, man, that's weird. Yeah. Like, you, like their speech would suddenly start to like sort of slur and slow down, like sort of like they're powering down. Mm. So like... Nothing, nothing in, nothing out, <laughs> only machine. <laughs> oh, man, that's a great show. You know, um, it reminds me of that scene in the Dungeons and Dragons movie. Oh, right, yeah. Which dude? Uh, Here we go. Well, I was going to say. Here we go. You were right. I was wrong. I know. I know, pal. You know, that's a a big, hey, guys, we're in our 40s now. We can do things like this. We can admit when we were wrong and I was wrong about the Dungeons and Dragons movie. We're not going to go any further into it. Yeah. But I know that is so freaky, man. And so. Yeah. When the men in black come on, you know, I promise I'm not going to stare at their weird balloon hand. You know, uh, well, it, I, I can I say one more thing though? Yeah, yeah, please. And and again, not to like push the the men in black thing again, but well, I'm done with this case. So whatever you yeah, want to yeah, say yeah, now, yeah. it's just okay. Um, well, I, I think that there's something about those those sort of uh, sort of the more high strangeness oriented men in black cases that like again, I don't know if I'm sort of um, I've been like trained because of this podcast, but like, like so many other things, I don't know. It reminds me of like Sam, the Sandown clown. It reminds me of, mm-hmm. and maybe it's just like a behavioral thing of something that's like alien or like foreign from somewhere yeah. else, some other time, some other dimension, some other, you know, wherever planet. Yeah. It's just like that, that idea of whatever this this entity is doing, they're, they're doing, everything that they're doing is trying to make you think that they're normal mm. and that they're, like all they're the while just, they've got f***ing balloon heads. <laughs> yeah, right, right. Yeah, it's, it's not normal at all, but. Let, let me ask you a question, kind of off topic. <laughs> I can't even. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Like my, <laughs> like, dude, my luck would be we finally get, we find like John Teeter, he, he comes to our door. Oh god! And he, he turns out he's interdimensional, and he's like, "Dude, you guys can come with." I figured out a way to get back. Don't worry. Mm-hmm. We hop in the car and we go to this dimension, and it's like my luck is like all the women have <laughs> balloon hands, dude. And so my question <laughs> oh. is, dude, would you like? Would you still do it? I definitely would. Like, or what could they do with the balloon hands? Are they soft? Oh yeah, and are they constantly making that like? Oh my god! Like dude, noise, I'm sorry, you know? dude. I, <laughs> but what about like? I just thought of something even funnier about the balloon hand. Imagine like a big round balloon hand, but with like little bitty tiny oh boy. fingers. 
like the Cabbage Patch Kids. <laughs> like, exactly like the Cabbage Patch yeah. Kids. And they're just like, hey, man, nice to meet you. Oh, man, this is great. Nice to meet you, John. And you're like, oh, <laughs> man. And you just kind of grab the ball in the hand. And you're like, yeah, uh, okay. Now, see, that's that's actually, I would be more okay with the Michelin Man having those hands than having like, like a just normal human arms, man. Yeah, like a like a button up dress shirt mm-hmm. sleeve and See, a regular. I'm freaked out by the Michelin Man. I think he's awesome. He is awesome. Also, I gotta say, uh, I'm gonna Hello, post. Hello, my baby. Hello, my darling. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna post this this link when we drop it of an eBay eBay posting. Just um, cut it out. And if you guys want to buy this for Don't me, do my it. birthday it's too expensive. Do not buy. Is this on for June 21st, but it is a. Don't do it. Terrifying I'm little it. figure that is <laughs> apparently an old, like vintage model of the Michelin Man, and it's like made out of I don't even know if it's pewter or what it is brass. Is it a, uh, is it brass the one you sent me? I mean, the, the thing like is the amazing looking. Oh, it looks awesome, and he's holding the little goblet full of like broken glass and stuff. <laughs> Super weird. campaign of the century. Okay, look, yeah, we need to get back on track here. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Let me just say this. I want to say that this this particular topic like so many other topics, is, you know, can be a short kind of one-and-done topic. But, Woody, I think you've done an amazing job of sort of digging up some of that, like, background noise that isn't very often talked about. Mm. I mean, I was surprised that you dug some of that up because I thought thought when you first said it, I was like, oh, man, I got a ton of stuff that I'm about to— lay out drop on them and you yeah. dropped it so well i mean that's bravo. the uh thank you man thank you very much that's the uh the the i would say my own personal evolution into mm. all this stuff is yeah back in the day i would just look at the picture and be like yeah pretty cool probably fake beekeeper and, and just never would beekeeper <laughs> uh on his lunch break and i probably wouldn't have just like through life i mean i was very familiar with this picture i hadn't mm-hmm. seen it in many many years but yeah I just never really dug deeper, and the fact that there was so much more really intrigued me. And I thought, you know what, this kind of goes hand in hand a little bit with um, what we talked about with the uh, Michelin Man. Yeah, right. Uh, was it the Michelin Man though? This was yeah, hand in hand with. Well, I well, I think the puffy suits of the two men. Yeah. that stopped the launch. Right, right. It just kind of reminded and, me, and, this, it, and and the Gulf Breeze, it kind of reminded me of all, both of those things kind of mixed together. And yeah, to me, me too. it's just, you know, this is what Camp Red Strangeness is all about, finding these yeah. either obscure or somewhat known stories overseas across mm-hmm. the pond. But yeah. man, I'm telling you folks listening, we're about to start diving into the creepy oh, and the man. scary of what I exists. It. I love there. it. I can't wait, dude. Yeah. I, if you, listener, have a your own sort of international flared story that's localized, hey, feel free to shoot it on over. Uh, we would love to possibly feature it. I mean, we have, a, I would say for the most part, we have uh, Camp Rad Strange's International 2023, 2023 laid out. But, uh, I mean, it's always subject to change. So if you have a story that's across the pond from us, us folks over here domestically in the U.S. We'd love to hear about it. Head on over to Instagram where you can jump in, join the family, the ongoing conversation in the comment sections. If you do have a story, you can DM us, or if it's more long form, shoot it over to that would be radpod at gmail.com. 
Even better than that is going to our website, that would be radpodcast.com, and leaving the voice memo feature uh, where we can basically take the voice memo, throw some background music and sound design, and feature it on an upcoming episode. We'd love to have you. If you're not getting enough That Would Be Rad content here on the main feed, or the free feed, however, head over to Patreon and join the Rabbit Trail, our little sort of additional, just the place that you can get the extra uh, That Would Be Rad content. We Mm -hmm. have multiple episodes per month, and it's a little looser. Uh, We record a little later, and uh, but it's still, you know, it's still more of what you love. Get out there, tell one single friend about the show, that weird friend that works at the video store, if you still have one in your small Mm. town. Tell them about the show. If you have time, go give us a five-star review, and uh, it would be greatly appreciated. You got anything else, Woody? Um, Only this. Mm. Penny is usually the part that you remember anyways. We love you, we appreciate you, and as always, be red. That's the way it
Access granted. Man. A didgeridoo, man. God. Oh, my God. It does sound like a didgeridoo, her voice. Golly, man. I don't know why. Just like every single one of them just gets me going. Yeah, Every single time. I laugh so hard, man. You nailed it. I mean, back in the day, I would have just been like, yeah, so there's this picture. And it's fake. And they said it was a hoax. Next. Yeah. (laughs) Which it very well could be, but even still, dude, again, man. I know I repeat this again, dude. This is what. Let me get. Let me go ahead and restart. Let me get back um, in there. Let me go ahead and get back in there. Uh, <laughs> that's what I would say to the balloon head. An hour the balloon and a half. Girl. Again, the girl's got balloon hands, but you know what, dude? Everybody needs love, and she's got balloon hands. Mm. Mm-hmm. You, you I mean, just, just put them closer together. It's kind of like you know. Anyway, what oh, I'm boy. saying is like um, I said this a million times on the show, but like that's part of the reason why I was like, oh, yeah, no, 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 we're definitely doing this. Because even mm-hmm. this, even, like, when I was doing the initial research, I was like, because, uh, dude, so many articles are like, this guy said this, but everybody thinks it was his wife. Boop, that's it. You yeah, know, right. like, the fact that all this other stuff happened in Australia, the men in black stuff, mm-hmm. you know. Uh, and I do now, like, the more I think about it, dude, I really feel like, imagine, like, there's this organization. Mm-hmm. And part of their like sort of purpose is to travel in time or in travel. other dimensions, travel in time or in other dimensions to mm-hmm. make some sort of discovery, whatever that is, whether mm-hmm. that's, or or maybe even like, maybe their mission is to like shut down and save the human race from killing itself, whatever yeah. the situation is. Okay. They have a mission. Hide Bigfoot footage. Hide Bigfoot. Or maybe they are Bigfoot. Anyway, mm. uh, they, there's a reason behind their mission. These folks come in whatever, I guess, crazy suit, Flatwoods monster, the Fogville yeah. metal man, whatever it is that they're wearing. And That's who these, I was thinking of. That's who the character kind of looks like. A little bit, yeah. I mean, you know, to with me, the visor less, thing. Like, to me, it looks like something like a policeman from the Hunger Games. Yeah, yeah, I can see that. You know what I'm saying? Like a white helmet, like oh, it's like a riot control. Yeah, no, it looks like um, uh, the cops from RoboCop. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. They had those, Dude, like... you know it would be hilarious, helmets. bro? <laughs> Can you please... Uh, not It's not going to be one of the cops from RoboCop, but what if you put in, like, an old Stormtrooper? I mean, that would be <laughs> pretty awesome. <laughs> oh, God. Um, yeah, I don't know. Now, I will say that somebody had a pretty cool... I think it was Liam. He had a pretty cool theory about... Um, someone having like a, a, a pane of glass and then like being able to do that for the, the Gulf breeze. The irony dude is that I just saw this video. Um, it's like a special effect, um, video thing where they show like they're doing practical effects on a, on like a small miniature set. Mm-hmm. And they've got this screen playing like this animation then they have a piece of glass, and so that oh, yeah. glass is picking up the reflection of this animation, and then it's like almost superimposing it on top of what's going on in the actual scene. Looks so cool, but yeah. like really though, I think the most intriguing part of it is the audio, and just wait for it. Well, journey is usually the part that you remember, anyways. Jeez. Anyways, no, I think that I'm glad you brought that up. Well. We'll probably do a Patreon yeah. where we talk about this. But um, I did run across, like, remember how I told you there was, like, a film school a film class or whatever that, like, that sort of took it upon themselves to, like, kind of break down and see if they could 
You, could, you're talking about the Gulf Breeze thing? Yeah, to be able to okay. fake the Gulf yeah, yeah, Breeze yeah, yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they couldn't do it. And that was one, of, they even tried that. Because when I heard that, it made me think of that game that I was trying to explain to you <laughs> that time. It made me the, sound like such an idiot. Well, in the arcade in Lakeshore Mall, they had that game. Pac-Man. It's called Pac-Man. There's a big it's yellow. It's not Pac-Man. Although, you know what? It was in one of those sort of mm-hmm. Mrs. Pac-Man, like Pizza Hut, you know, two people yeah, sit yeah, down. Yeah, yeah, those were the greatest, man. Man, they were awesome. But it was this weird game where like, like we thought it looked incredible, but it was like mm-hmm. $3 to play or something. It was like a hologram. This little cowboy would walk around. I don't know what you're talking about, dude. I, I don't gotta know that find game. But it's like something somebody with balloon hands would like. <laughs> yeah, for sure. But I, th- the reason I thought of that is because when I watched this thing t- talking about this, like this sort of film class trying to like break it down, they did the same thing where they had like the pane of glass, uh, and I think they did it where they shot like a projector somehow, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and it like bounced, however that word, refraction yeah. and all that stuff. Uh, but they never, they couldn't even come close to to how it looked. 